Her book tells the story of her resilience to adversity and how helping others is the cornerstone of her well-being. Hi, my name is Wendy. And I'm Debbie. And we're Nourish Coaches, and we're so excited to have with us a guest interview, a book author, Jessica Varian Carroll, and her book is titled, She Had No Business, a real-life tale of faith, courage, and beating the odds, and we're so happy to have you Welcome. here. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Yeah, and this is <laughs> your, your, this is your second second time at Nourish Coaches. I know, you guys are the best to me. <laughs> We're so glad to have you here and to dive into your book a little bit more. Um, yeah. Give us a background. The The subtitle and the overall theme of your book is about beating the odds. And like so many other single parents, right, you had to juggle a lot. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. And you talk about having faith and helping others, even in the midst of your own set of struggles. So what got you yeah. through all this? Well, I, when I grew up, it was very much instilled in me from my mother and uh, probably her mother that everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Just trust it. Just believe it. And there was no, no more answers after that. It was just like, this is it. So um, I think that was very strongly ingrained into me. So I just always believed things would work out. I didn't necessarily know how. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, you know, I realized it's community. It's for asking for help. It's, you know, there's several different facets, mantras, you know, things that I keep on my wall. So it comes in a lot of different directions. But, you know, bottom line was I just knew everything would work out. Yeah. So. You talk about that whole idea about asking for help. And sure. so many people are afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. We'd we'd like to know, you know, do you do you have any kind of idea or suggestion for people? Because even for us as coaches, people are very shy about coming in to ask for help. Mm -hmm. We 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 want to be independent. Sure. Tell us more. Absolutely. I think when the tables really turn for me. Um, no money in the bank, raising four kids alone virtually. I needed utilities. I needed food. I needed things like that. And it wasn't like, oh, well, we'll just get away with no electricity, no running water. It was like, all right, we have a serious problem and we need help. How do we do this? Where do we go? I had to apply for food stamps. I had to go to New Jersey National Gas and get on their programs. And, you know, I had to ask for help. Otherwise, we'd be homeless and unfed and unkept. And, you know, it was a, it was very grounding, but also knowing that that's what it was there for. So when I wasn't in those dire needs at times, you know, I would be giving back. I would be contributing financially or gifts at, you know, holidays or things like that. So the roles were just being reversed. And, you know, it's an ebb and flow, and that's what it's there for. You never know when it, you could be in, in that space. Yeah. So, yeah. Sort of the pay it forward kind of mentality where it's you, when you need help, you get help, and then you ask, you know, the, the person asks you to pay it forward. So th that idea to me always is very attractive, and I think you live by that standard whether you call it that or not, but that's sort of what it is. And I think people want to do good or, do, or help others with you as, a, as an example because they're seeing you do it so much. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I put myself out there. I don't, you know, there's not much that I won't share or do. But I remember one time specifically in uh, ShopRite and my kids were elementary school in Neptune and, you know, we needed a gift to contribute to the class. I was married at the time in our first house 
and I picked up like a $10 toy and, you know, did we necessarily have the $10? Not necessarily, but I remember, well, one day it could be us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years later, we were the charity of choice for, you know, the school's donation, the adopter family program. So right. you just, you never know. It's nothing to be ashamed of. We go through ups and downs, high points, low points, and everybody needs help once in a while. And it's just whether you're, you can admit it and get the help that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. telling the truth and just being, you know, there's such an honesty about knowing where you are. And I think a lot of people walk through life not really facing the truth or going into the truth. And then there's a lot of suffering and struggle. And you're a good example of the rebound of that and really taking it by the horns and saying, I I can make change. I can do this. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about the title, She Had No Business. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I think it was like mid-December. I woke up in the middle of the the night, and it was She Had No Business. I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) I was completely, like, perplexed, but I knew I needed to, like, get out of bed and write it down. No idea why. No clue. And then I went back to bed. And it didn't resurface till like a month or so later when there was an opportunity that I decided to jump on and I needed a book title and I knew that that's what it had to be. There was no way. So I think it's such an attractive title because unfortunately, I think a lot of women feel like that. You know, a lot of women feel, I guess, the opposite of entitlement where they feel like, oh, I'll let someone else do it or I can't ask for that or who am I to do that? And it seems like you... You definitely started out that way. You felt that way. You, you were the quiet one kind of in the background and watching other other things happen in front of you without participating so much. So I'm sure that's that came from your subconscious in a way, you know, how, you know, and I like the past tense too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so I, I love that title. It's so attractive. And I think that's, I think a lot of people are going to pick up the books Simply, I mean, of course, your beautiful face is there, too. But oh, simply you, because you. that title really is very attractive to a lot of women. Thank you. I mean, and it's not that I've outgrown that. There's still times, you know, I just had my SOAR symposium. And the day before our big sold-out event, 125 women. And I'm like, why me? Mm-hmm. Why this? Why? You know, so I still have those moments yeah. that I have to just push through. And, right. you know, we're divinely guided to what we're supposed to do. And we all have those, like oh my goodness, what did I just get myself into? But we just moved forward. <laughs> yeah. And it's great to see you up there on stage. Oh, thank you. Thank but you. I think the idea too is that it's not just you and, and you're a successful woman. There's also women who, who are grandly successful. You know, say like Oprah Winfrey still has doubts. Oh, it's not yeah. like these go away. We can't just erase our background. Yeah. You know, and you made that clear by writing the book too. That's That's who you are. And of course, because that's who you are, it comes out sometimes, you know, the, the back, the background story comes out sometimes then in some unopportune moments, but yeah. it does. Absolutely. You can't ignore it. So no, no way. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it's such an honest story too. the whole, the, the, the whole story of you is very honest and I, it can't be easy to, it couldn't have been easy to write it. <laughs> I have to say. Well, I think it was easy for me to write it because I wasn't having a face to face conversation with anybody. I wasn't, you know, reading yeah. it someone had asked me, they're like, how did you share? I go, because you took it home and read it to yourself. And I wasn't in the room. I wasn't there. But yes, I like cracked my like, yeah, 
chest sure. open. Here's my raw, vulnerable heart. Here, you take it. Yes, yes. The privacy of your own home. And you, like, <laughs> read it. And let's not probably talk about it that much. But, um, yeah, because I, I do tend to, you know, cut off a move. You know, I try not to go there. But I didn't really hold back much in the book. I kind of exposed it all. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot easier when you're not face-to-face yeah. having that yeah. really deep, intimate conversation. Right. But, you know, I feel that the story would resonate with women that needed that story. For sure. So whether, you know, it was this or that or, you know, just one, my goal was just to have someone find something that could help them in some way. Whatever shape, form, direction it was. So that was really, you know, my goal was here. I'm giving you everything and I hope it'll work somewhere. And I think every woman could see themselves in your story Mm -hmm. at some point in their life, even if they aren't, you know, a single mom of four, (laughs) you know, struggling, they can definitely see themselves Mm -hmm. in in some of your stories. So you've, you've written it quite well. So you talk a lot about your family and your roots and that sort of thing and your mom Um, (laughs) and your connection, both physically and, you know, the physical location of staying close to home. Sure emotional parties and just always being together is there something and this was actually a question debbie you had wanted to ask yeah um, I, I about your mother because i mean i'm always intrigued by mother-daughter relationships sure. because i am a, i have a daughter and i am a daughter um and the idea is we learn so much from our mothers whether it's something they taught us intentionally or despite what they taught us intentionally yeah <laughs> and so i'm curious as to some of the lessons that you took from her that were the despite what she taught you kind of ideas sure I think um you know she was so strong and when I wrote this I wasn't even sure she'd ever talk to me again Mm. you know she's very private Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a it's a hard thing for her this whole she's an introvert I'm an extrovert so you know I was very careful on how I worded things to be respectful of course but still share the story and uh happy to report she is still talking to me. (laughs) But um, I've learned while writing this, I do find a lot of the traits I did get from her, her strength, um, her her giving all, literally, of herself to other people, and the organizing gene. I mean, you know, it goes back to visiting her at work in the emergency room and her having, you know, her really unique, very clear, understandable handwriting on all of the labels in the entire emergency room at that time, mm-hmm. which seems so very long ago. I mean, now it's all the P-touch and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, I did get a lot of wonderful things from her, but we did have our struggles and you don't necessarily see eye to eye, but, you know, everybody, my children, if they were to write a book, would say something of too. Course. It's just the way that it is. Right. Sure. So you talk, I love this, you talk about going uh, from, quote, the quiet one, Mm. right, to the connector. (laughs) And I love that because I I was with you. You were there. You had a Yankee hat on. I remember. (laughs) Did I really? Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I witnessed that day when you said, this is, this is what I, is there a room in this world for an organizer and so many people jumped on it right away you were a little bit quiet in the beginning and um to just witness your blossoming has been fabulous so congratulations so now you really truly are like the definition of a connector I mean you're really Mm -hmm. every time you we run into each other we're like have you met have you seen (laughs) did you know (laughs) yeah 
And I'm always amazed at all the people that I know that know you. And I'm like, how did they? How? Of course, it's Jessica. <laughs> it's a lot of people, though. So. Circles are good. Yeah, um, lots of circles. It's it's such a blessing to know people from various. I mean, if you showed up to Barnes and Nobles that night, you would have been like, "What crew did this come from?" Because nobody looks like they even came in the same circle. Right. So it was so diverse. It was beautiful. I had people from different countries different religions, different backgrounds. I mean, it was Barnes & Noble's who was quite impressed with the, uh, the assortment of people that, that showed up. Yeah. So. Well, and this is one of your wishes too, right? Is to create this haven for women that want to come together and share no matter where they are in their world, right? No, in, in their growth journey and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's really about helping women connect and find sisterhood and tribes and you know things like that and to my surprise I've actually been really asked a lot pretty frequently actually about what about the men Mm -hmm. so they're looking for connection too so where I was just focusing on women Mm -hmm. now I don't just say women I say people because you never know who knows what or needs what so I was really shocked to see the response that I'm getting, what about the men? So I don't know what direction or path that'll look like, but, um, you know, I want to help whoever possible. So it's interesting. I like the question. I like the ask and just you putting out that out to the universe and being open to say what's next. Yeah. Who knows what will pop into your, like she had no bit, you woke up, (laughs) she had no business. Yeah. But you know, what we love about that too is because that's our fifth foundation is connection. Yeah. You know, we, we find that that's such a huge part of health that people are not always thinking about. Of course, it's obvious the sleep, nutrition, exercise, those are the, our first two, three foundations are so obvious. But people don't think of connections as being a part of health. And you're, you're such a good connector and you have so many connections. And I think that that's helped you in so many ways to get through emotionally and physically through a lot of things. And you're, you're sort of the demonstration of that foundation in a lot of ways. And so I think it's a practice that people need to start looking at and paying attention to more and connecting with you maybe to learn how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a women's group, women's conference. But I think you're right. It's men too. And I think it's natural for women to connect or want to connect a lot more than men do necessarily because I mean societal it is pressures with men are different right yeah Yeah. right yeah Yeah. so so yeah we mean men too (laughs) yeah so you mentioned four of our foundations and the and the fifth one is the mindset and you taught that a lot of your book is about mindset and what's going on up here and we have a workshop coming up uh, in a couple weeks called Compassion for Your Inner Critic. Wow. And I was wondering if you had, with that title in mind and with your story, what what's your advice for being compassionate to your inner critic? Sure. Well, I think a lot of, you know, what you take in, what you read mm. is very important. So I even tell my kids, garbage in, garbage out. You know, if they're listening to garbage or reading garbage, that's what's going to come in. So I find really good books that resonate and just stay there. So I work with mantras. Um, mm-hmm. A big one is I can, I will, I must, I am. And I don't know how all of that even works together, but it'll pull you through. And I just, I say that deep breaths is another one. And, you know, looking, turning around and saying, I've gotten this far. I'll make it through this. You know, yeah. that's that's huge. I mean, if we've gotten to this level, you know, it might be scary, but we'll get through. Imagine the view from the top. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think we celebrate enough, like you just said. You know, we need to celebrate the wins. Yeah. Look at what I've done. Look at the sec- success I've actually been through already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. After the birthday celebration chapter and the little tidbits and, you know, I've had three people now reach out to me that have claimed it and they're having birthday parties. So I just went to one and I'm like, I better be invited to all of you. (laughs) So we had Porta over the weekend, you know, she said I wasn't going to do anything. I realized it, you know, I, I should do something. Called it together really quick on Facebook. Whoever shows up, shows up. No pressure. It was the best thing I had ever done. I know someone that's doing a roller skating party. And then I have someone doing another one that I haven't gotten, you know, the invite yet for. But, yeah, just throw it out there. You never know. And, you know, bringing people together. Like I said, if I bring people together twice, three times a year, that's a miracle. Just watching it evolve as it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I really want to wrap up with talking about the end of your book. I love your whole practice of writing your own obituary. Yeah, your own obituary and about legacy. And in that, I want you to just share and I want people to pick up the book. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> go to amazon she had no business jessica very and carol but you talk about the swedish death cleaning and your idea about leaving a legacy could you just tell the readers what that is sure absolutely listeners? well it's two different things but the swedish death cleaning method is over in sweden if you leave a house full of mess that's really doing a service to your family so as people grow older, and you could start at 45, 50, whenever you feel, you know, the time today. If someone loves something, then you want to give it to them now. Why may wait till they, you pass to give them what something they'd love and cherish? So I really am a big advocate for that. I had seen an example when I worked at Hope Academy in Asbury Park, and one of my bosses, he was wearing a tie, just whatever, and one of the um, interns came up and he said, I really like that tie. And he goes and he takes it right off his body and he said, here, it's for you. (laughs) And that was just without thinking, without anything. So now if anybody tells me they love something, guess what? It's coming back, (laughs) whether it's a perfume or a pocketbook, because I don't have attachment. And less attachments is the the best thing to do. For sure. So just start giving away those possessions. I have a woman I'm working with currently. We're on the fifth move with her in less than five years. Wow. And now she's at the point, you know, it's 10 pounds of stuff in a three pound bag. You know, we went from a three bedroom house now to a two bedroom apartment. And we're literally a full week in of just trying to get through and purge and that's suffocating. Yeah. And now she's like, I don't know what I was thinking and we're purging and purging. But, and then if something actually happened, She'd have to leave that to someone else to go through. And that's an injustice. And then, you know, nobody has time to really sort through it. So it's all going to go in the trash or donations or wherever. So start today. You know, it it makes you feel better. You live with less. It's all those things. They don't, you don't own those items. The items own you. Right. So. Sure. And then just a little bit about the legacy. I did my last talk at SOAR was on legacy. And I'm like, how do I even approach this topic? So then I called upon five people and I said, can you tell, I need five people to say a sentence or two about me. And I, this could go anywhere. I mean, I was really rolling the (laughs) dice here. I'm like, okay, like I hope five people stand up. So I think it's six people actually. And they came to the front and they just shared a sentence or two. And so they're standing up there. Nobody's really knowing what's going on. 
And then I decided to read my own obituary that I wrote for myself. So I wanted to see if it was in line with how people perceived me. So luckily it was very close to, you know, what I was looking for. So, you know, writing your own obituary is a little unusual, but it's just, you know, your legacy is how you live every single day. So luckily it was very close to what the women were saying. So obviously I'm doing what I see myself doing, yep. you know, we all have You're perceptions of, you know, yeah, no, I do this, 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 and nobody, it really holds true, thankfully. Right. So you just want to check in with yourself and kind of see what that looks like. Yeah. How am I showing up in the world? Yeah. And how do I want to be remembered? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You also reference a quote from Dan Rockwell, actually 10, 10 ideas from him yeah. in your book. And I just wanted to kind of close with this because we think you exemplify this very well. Mm-hmm. He said, don't run around building legacy, run around making a difference. Aw, thank you yeah, guys. For sure. That yes. was a perfect way. Yeah. Perfect way to end. Yep. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing. Is there how do, how do people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Facebook at uh, She Had No Business. Instagram, same handle. Email, same thing. You know, I'm there. I want to connect. I want to help. I want to see your pictures. I want to see. I want to be there to support and serve you. However that looks like or whatever I can do, you know, I just, just check in. Shoot me a line. Shoot me a message, a DM. You know, let's connect. Yeah, for sure. And your book, She Had No Business, is on sale at Amazon. So. Yeah, you can go to Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, e-version, it's a Kindle, Nook, all those those things. And everybody keeps asking me, when's the audio coming oh. out? So we have a certain goal once I ser- sell a certain copy. Yeah. We're just at 400 copies sold now. Great. Congratulations. So we, thank you. Yeah. So once we get to a certain number, then we're going to start to look into the audio. Because one of the number one things I get is people are telling me, they're like, Jessica, it's like you're reading to me. Yes. I hear you It's your talk. voice. Absolutely. 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 That's that was true. you. So I that heard was... your voice the whole time. Yeah. Sure. So that's so interesting. So it's so funny. We got the message that the ebook was ready or whatever. And for some reason, I'm like, I wonder who was speaking like who did it not realizing it was the audio because I'm like I wonder what I should download that is it a man's voice never thinking for a second and I was like so we'll see how that looks well great well great so glad to have you well thank you guys so much this has been great thanks for coming in thank you thanks for listening keep the conversation going at nourishcoaches.com And stay tuned for more Nourish Noshes as we continue our quest to make the world a healthier place.